Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hine, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host, Megan Hustline. Hey Meredith, happy Halloween week. I know it's your favorite holiday, so you must be excited. I am so excited. All of our fur babies have their costumes. We have a spooky haunted pirate ship's cat scratcher for our cat. <laughs> Um, I feel like there's a lot of elements there. It also glows in the dark. That's amazing. Yeah, so we're just really getting in the spirit over here. We're cooking squash every night. Like, it is, it's fall, y'all. I love that for you. I mean, I just went to a pumpkin show on Saturday, so I'm kind of pumpkined out, but hey, tis the season. Was it perchance the Great Circleville Pumpkin Festival? It was. So fun fact, once upon a time, I was in Atlanta, Georgia at the Coca-Cola Museum and there's like a room there with Cokes from various events all over the world and lo and behold, they had a Coca-Cola bottle from the Great Circleville Pumpkin Festival. That is so funny. I mean, there was so many people there. So I feel like it's pretty well known. Like people travel to go there. So I guess I'm blessed. It's only 30 minutes from me. But yeah, it was fun. I mean, my grandparents lived in Circleville when I was growing up, so it was like, you know, we went every year. It was never like a big thing. I didn't realize it had like fame beyond, I don't know, the household, Uh, but it's cool. I'm glad that I got to grow up going to such a famous pumpkin festival, I guess. (laughs) I mean, like it really wasn't anything too special. It was just a bunch of food pretty much and huge pumpkins, but hey, everyone had a good time. (laughs) it was fun it was fun well anyway um uh, i had the great pleasure this week of chatting with our colleague josh julie on the hangout in the holy land podcast megan i don't know if you've had a chance to check out that pod um but i feel like we need to have josh over here sometime yes i would love to have another co-host that'd be amazing yeah um but anyway as we are getting gearing up for Halloween obviously had a great exciting Ohio State game to watch on Saturday um but we are less than a week away from a much bigger game against Penn State even though Penn State dropped like a rock in the polls this week brutal um but we have lots of spooky things to talk to you about today so 
I was so excited for this Penn State game. Obviously, Halloween weekend, and it's a night game. Super spooky. The fact that they lost kind of lessened my excitement just a tad, but I'm still super excited. It's Halloween weekend, and we got Penn State. Name a better weekend. I can't. I literally can't. I mean, I watched Hocus Pocus this past weekend, so like, I guess I sort of spoiled it a little bit. (laughs) But no. I mean, I can watch Hocus Pocus again after we beat Penn State. Exactly. You'll be in a good mood. Just keep it going with the Halloween movies. That'll be the best day ever. Um, Anyway, so obviously we have a Halloween theme to our show today, and we are going to spend the majority of our show time uh, playing a trick-or-treat game. Um, And so Megan and I have a list of tricks and treats uh, from the last week of college football. Um, So yeah, we'll just get started with it. Megan, you want to kick us off? Yes. So we'll start off with the tricks first and the big one. Alabama barely beat Tennessee when it looked like they might just play themselves out of the college football playoff conversation all by themselves. I mean, I really thought that Tennessee had a chance at beating the Crimson Tide until the fourth quarter, honestly. Like, the whole game, I was hooked. But, of course, Bama pulled out a win. It was so brutal. And, you know, we've all seen this song and dance from Bama before. Someone might go up 7 to nothing, and the next time you look back at the score, Bama's up like 28 to 7, right? Um, but this game was obviously different. Like you said, Tennessee was holding close with them for a very long time. Alabama certainly does not look like the teams that Nick Saban has put together before. And yet the Crimson Tide jumped Oklahoma and are third in the latest AP poll. Uh, Don't even get me started about the AP poll. I am just, I'm upset. Not going to lie. I mean, it just doesn't really make sense to me because... We're ranked lower than Alabama, who lost to a team who is ranked lower than Oregon. But it's fine. It's fine. Doesn't matter right now. It's not playoff time the AP yet. AP poll doesn't matter. It's the college no. football playoff poll we got to worry about. Exactly. It's yeah. irrelevant. I'm ignoring it. It just annoys me every week. So it's fine. It, we'll use it as fuel. For sure. Um, all right. So I'm going to go with our first treat of the game. Uh, and that was that CJ Stroud earned his fifth freshman of the week honor uh, in the Big Ten. Yay. Um, so obviously very excited for CJ. Uh, he's won five of seven freshman of the week honors. He did not play one of those weeks. Um, and so obviously, uh, really coming into his own, he's firmly on the Heisman watch list now. He's up to third in many ballots, in fact. Um, but I have to ask, as sweet as this treat is, where is the love for Travion Henderson? I mean, it's always going to go to the quarterback. The award is just always going to go to the quarterback. Obviously, CJ Stroud is playing phenomenal, but Again, where is the love for Travion? He's one of the best, in my opinion, the best back in the country. And also, I think, should be on the Heisman watch list. I mean, I don't see why not. He, I'm pretty sure he leads the entire country in yards per rush. So, I don't know. I mean, I feel like how many touchdowns did he even have against Indiana? So he had three. And this is a fun one that Josh and I talked about on Sunday. Uh, 30% of his touches resulted in touchdowns. 
There you go. I mean, name another bag who's doing that. You won't. But he just had, again, another monster game. So I don't know if it's because he's not playing full games because our offense is just so good that we don't really need him to play a full game. So he's not – I don't know. He's still racking up the stats like he is playing a full game. So kind of annoyed at the lack of love for him. But, hey, he's only a freshman, so whatever. But still, he deserves a little bit more love, I think. I agree. I mean, honestly, if the biggest knock is that he doesn't have to play more than a half, I mean, he had eight carries each against Akron and Rutgers, uh, 16 against Maryland, and then nine against Indiana last weekend. And then again, that one reception. Um, And so, you know, he's getting the rest that he needs. And so coming later in the season, he'll certainly be fresher than some of the other backs who have had to carry the load. Um, for their teams throughout the season. Right. I mean, there's pros and cons, obviously. But, I mean, everyone is talking about him. But at the same time, I feel like no one's talking about him. So, yeah. I don't know. It's it's tricky. No pun intended. But... Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> well, speaking of tricks, uh, moving on to our next trick. Uh, what the heck was that call in the Iowa State game? This was the biggest – oh, my gosh, this was such a joke. If Iowa State ended up losing, the, there would be a riot, I feel like. I mean, this taunting penalty, this was the tamest touchdown celebration I think I've ever seen. Like, I feel like so many players have done this and obviously even worse things and haven't been called. Like, I have no idea how this was called, but, oh, I would be so upset if I was Iowa State. It was so rough. For those of you who don't know, um, Iowa State scored a touchdown. Receiver, I don't even know if you could call it a high step. I guess it was a high step. I don't know. High step I don't think so. Once at like the three-yard line, stops high-stepping, scores the touchdown, cheers with the crowd, gets called because the infraction, again, if you are so bold as to call it an infraction, occurred outside of the end zone before the touchdown was scored, takes the touchdown off the board. I thought Matt Campbell, did you like, okay, okay, this is kind of a treat seeing Matt Campbell's face because he was like, they're so calm. And then he just. (laughs) It was a total 180. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. But I would react the same way. I mean, that call, like I can't get over it. It was such a bad call, um, but uh, certainly – and like the official – or the officials, uh, the announcers certainly could not buy it. Uh, the rules analyst certainly could not believe it either. Um, Iowa State did successfully score later in that drive and obviously went on to beat Oklahoma State, which was a treat for all of us. Oh, for sure. I mean, it was – a. A great upset. We love that. It was a week full of upsets. However, the officials are just kind of on the struggle bus this week because another trick came in an Ivy League matchup, Harvard and Princeton. And this mistake cost Harvard the game in five overtimes against Princeton. And it was just, it was so bad. Like, didn't you go to officiating school and learn this? Like, do you want to explain, Meredith? So I actually – I did not see this. Uh, however, to that last point, what I will say uh, is that when it 
a call is so, so bad that the league ultimately reprimands the officials and are like, hey, actually, like, this was that bad. Like, that's rough. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you didn't see what happened, basically in the third overtime, I believe, Harvard scored, but apparently Princeton called a timeout before the ball was snapped. So then the replay booth, who, first off, timeouts are not re- not reviewable. Just a lot of big moments. Uh, that was a big mess up, and it ended up costing Harvard the game because Princeton ended up winning in two more overtimes. So big mistake. I feel sorry for Harvard, but I don't know. These officials got to get it together because this week was not it for them. Yeah. Well, we're just going to stay on the overtime train and keep with another trick. Okay, Megan, I'm going to put my foot down and say that the nine overtime game that we saw on Saturday was not the longest college football game ever played. I don't care if it was nine overtimes. It was firmly four quarters, two full overtimes, and then seven series of two plays. So a total of 14 plays. Okay, yes, but I kind of loved it. I'm not going to lie. Like, it just kept you on the edge of your seat the entire time. And it just, me and my friends were just screaming after every single possession because it was just such bad football. Like, these (laughs) throws were right in their receiver's hands and they just could not catch it. Like, it was so bad. I mean, obviously, Obviously, we hate Penn State, but at the same time, we're rooting for them because when we beat them, you know, it'll make us look better, blah, blah, blah. But at like by the fourth or fifth overtime, I was just like, please, like someone end this game. Like I had a pizza to pick up and it was sitting there for like a half hour, but I couldn't leave because obviously I had to see the ending. I was just like, please, someone. And luckily, Illinois did after nine overtimes. But oh, my gosh, that was wild. Well, of course, no one was going to score for nine overtimes. The game was 10 all heading into overtime. It was clear that neither of these teams was capable of putting up points. Um, But I'm like the entertainment factor. I am fully aligned on the thing that I think is just a cruel trick is calling it the longest college football game ever because it fully was not. Um... On that note, though, despite Penn State uh, falling again, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, One treat that we did get from this weekend is that the Big Ten is still really good. And we have a top 10 matchup between Michigan and Michigan State to look forward to this weekend. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a really good game. And I think it's going to show the true colors of each of these teams because up until this point, they haven't really faced anyone too great. And these are both really good teams. So I'm excited for that. One downside, though, is I was excited because I thought college game day would come to Columbus for the big Penn State game. And I was going to go and be on, you know, TV in the front row. But they're going to Michigan, Michigan State. Kind of upset about that. But it is a better game because these are better teams than Penn State, unfortunately. It's true. So we might as well talk about it. Our next trick, Penn State falling 13 spots in the AP poll to number 20 conveniently right before they played Ohio State. Like they just screw us over in every way possible. When they win, it sucks for us. When they lose, it sucks for us. Like, oh, I just I can't stand Penn State. Like, really? Like now when we beat you, it's not going to mean as much. Like, I'm I'm upset. 
I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm not going to lie. I hear you. But back in the treat column in terms of actually having the tools to beat them, uh, Chris Alave is really the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, once again, had a great game on Saturday. I'm like – Already feeling a little sad that this is going to be his last season at Ohio State. Don't remind me. That's literally so sad. My little heart can't take it. He's just been so great for so long. And like you said, the gift keeps on giving. He just keeps getting better and better. And I just can't wait to see what he does against Penn State. He's always had great games against them in the past. So I'm sure he'll step it up in the prime time on Saturday again. And Alave is four touchdowns away from tying David Boston's career touchdown record for receivers at Ohio State. Um, I mean, he's got like many games to go. It feels very much like he, knock on wood, is going to be breaking this record this year, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, I want to take it back if that's jinxing him. (laughs) No, I know. Barring anything negative happening. There's no question that he should be able to get that. And I really hope he does because he definitely deserves it. I mean, he's one of the best receivers in school history. So he's definitely well-deserving of that award or that accolade. And I'm pretty confident that he'll get it. All right. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, but don't worry. We've got more tricks and treats for you after the break. So stay with us. More treats from the receiving end. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert, Ohio State's tight end, reeled in a career-high five catches and two touchdowns against Indiana, apparently a day before National Tight Ends Day. I know, you How know fitting was that? I mean, <laughs> there's a day for everything, so it really doesn't surprise me. Yeah, And it's great okay. that we get to recognize our tight ends. I mean, Jeremy Ruckert is obviously phenomenal. So glad we had a day to celebrate him. For sure. Um, And just so you know, this is a real day. Uh, National Tight Ends Day is apparently the fourth Sunday in October um, to celebrate. (laughs) That's so like, wow. I guess it's official. Well, it was so funny because I was watching Sunday Night Football last night and they were doing like the mic'd up segment and they were like, well, it's National Tight Ends Day. And then they were like, apparently, I forget who, what tight end scored a touchdown, but he was like, National Tight Ends Day, y'all. And like scored a touchdown. Um, so good for him. And again, good for Jeremy Rucker. Uh, he could also break Jake Stoneburner's uh, career touchdown record for a tight end at Ohio State as well. Right. I mean, he just had such a good game against Indiana. I was shocked that he only had two touchdowns. I feel like I saw him get the ball multiple times. So, yeah, I mean, it had to because I feel like he got the ball so much on Saturday and he's just really having a great season. So super happy for him. And we'll see if he can break the record, too. For sure. Um, On to teams that you know, struggled with more of a rushing game. I'm calling this trick the curse of the triple option. So this is a very fun fact. Um, All three service academies faced undefeated teams this weekend. So Wake Forest faced Army, San Diego State faced Air Force, and then as we all know, Cincinnati faced Navy 
on Saturday. Um, and Navy, or excuse me, Cincinnati's taking a little bit of flack because they only beat Navy by seven. Um, but the reality is with triple option teams, it's very challenging to blow them out of the water uh, just by nature of how they play the game. So uh, people are questioning how good Cincinnati is because, again, they only beat a one in five Navy team by a touchdown. Um, but do we give Cincinnati just a little bit of a break here? Not at all. Of, of course not. Come on, Meredith. I mean, Cincinnati's known for their defense. And yeah, this is this is a trickier team. But again, it is Navy. And Navy really had the chance to win this game. I mean, it went down to the wire, and I was really hoping they would, but that's okay. It's fine. We'll embarrass Cincinnati at another time. But I think this definitely exposed some holes in Cincinnati's defense, and I'm sure Coach Fickle will, you know, fix that before the next game. But interesting to see how hmm, maybe Cincinnati isn't as good as we think they are. Maybe. Um, Well... I'm just going to get this out because I think it's kind of a treat. But to see Cincinnati at number two, um, it is good for them. And the reality is it's kind of fun to see a team not named Alabama um, at the number two or number one spot. Um, So bringing in some different new blood, although obviously we would like Ohio State to be at that level. Yeah. I mean, it is nice to see a switch up of teams at the top. But oh, everyone at Ohio State right now just hates Cincinnati. And like all my friends there were just going back and forth. And I just can't stand it because they really do think they're just amazing. And I'm just like, we would beat you so bad if we squared off right now. So I'm really hoping that happens in the playoffs. But I guess kudos to Cincinnati. I love Luke Fickle. So good for him. But just wait till playoff time. Just let him keep chirping for now. Oh, for sure. And we all know that if Ohio State was number one and Cincinnati was number two, we would be perfectly fine with Cincinnati being number two. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but back on to the tricks. Uh, you already alluded to your consternation with the AP poll, but the reality is that Wake, SMU, San Diego State, and UTSA are all undefeated teams and all outside of the top 10. So obviously we can we like we get why SMU, San Diego State, and UTSA are like they are not in power five conferences, but at this point, should Wake, who is the sole representative, wait, hold on, NC State is still in the AP poll. Wake, who is the highest ranked member of the ACC, should they be in the top 10? This is an interesting thought. I mean, they have some pretty solid wins. Nothing too great. I mean, obviously they don't have the biggest strength of schedule, but I think it's certainly something to be talked about. The ACC is just obviously terrible this year. Clemson sucks. So... I don't know if they deserve to be in the top 10. Maybe maybe after a few more games. I mean, I don't know. It, it's tricky, but perhaps. I think they're at a good spot right now. I'm happy with where they're at right now. We shall see. Um, and again, they'll have, well, I mean, they'll have relatively tougher games coming up. Wake well. Um, in terms of things that the ACC actually is good at, and really switching gears here, 
a really big treat is we have college hoops tipping off November 9th. That is just a couple short weeks away. I cannot wait. Like, I don't think I've ever been more excited for a basketball season, particularly an Ohio State basketball season, because it'll be my first time as a student. Unfortunately, student section tickets sold out, so I didn't get those, but I will still be purchasing as many tickets as I can because this team is going to be good this year. I mean, I am just so excited, and I cannot wait for college basketball to start. Yeah, uh, it's certainly going to be an exciting season. Gonzaga obviously having its own offseason drama this year, uh, defending champs, returning number one team overall. Um but we shall see. Uh, flipping back over to the trick side, um, in terms of teams that I'm upset didn't lose, Oregon, how are they still, how do they still only have one loss? Okay. Their game against UCLA was just wild. I mean, they looked absolutely awful at the start, but then towards the middle, they looked really good. And then towards the end, they almost blew it. I'm just like, I don't know how they keep pulling out wins. I mean, I'm not mad about it, though, because, again, makes us look better if we lost to a pretty good team. But it's just shocking how they haven't lost yet. I'm with you. Um, and on the note of going back to Oregon and things that have vastly improved in, let's say, a treat-like fashion since Oregon, Ohio State's defense is really looking better and better every week. It definitely is. I mean, obviously, we've held our last few opponents to very minimal points, and it's just making me feel so much better. The D-line looks great. The linebackers, I think, have the biggest improvement. I mean, it's just been a total 180. And I'm curious to see how they do against a better team like Penn State. I feel like that'll be our first true test since, you know, the loss against Oregon. And we've kind of reshaped everything. But that was the best thing that's ever happened to us because it was kind of a wake-up call to see, hey, we need to change some things. And we have. So I'm really excited to see how they play against Penn State. I'm with you there. Um, the only downside, and you've alluded to this already, is that we really didn't learn all that much against Indiana. Indiana is awful on offense. And it was such a sloppy game in terms of the conditions that they played in on Saturday. So can we definitively say that Ohio State's defensive line is very good? Or did they just play an offense that was struggling with its second, third, and fourth string quarterback <laughs> um, in the game. But, uh, you know, certainly, hey, it's better than the alternative of the defensive line struggling against those, I guess, that set of conditions. Um, anyway, back in terms of tricks, uh, Ohio State can win the Big Ten on its own accord. Of course, it doesn't hurt if the Buckeyes have some help with other teams that lose. We thought that we might get that with Oklahoma on Saturday playing Kansas, literally struggling against a terrible Kansas team and only winning on a, tr a play that I really don't even understand how it was legal. Okay. They were really struggling against a basketball school and that is just <laughs> so embarrassing. And yeah, I didn't even think about how this play was legal. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If that was Ohio State, I would be totally freaking out and jumping up and down. Like, it was really cool. But still, it took that type of play for Oklahoma to pull out the win. I mean, 
they just frustrate me. Like they are not a good team. They barely beat Kansas and they keep pulling out these last minute wins every week. I mean, they're just not, they're just not a good team. I don't think, but Hey, they haven't lost. So there you go. Certainly very tricky by them Sooners. Um, But in terms of perhaps the biggest or I guess purest tweet treat. Oh my God. (laughs) This was tweeted. Um, the best treat that we received this week uh, was Mike Leach's rant on candy corn. Um, he does not like candy corn, apparently. Uh, so I guess, you know, if you can't win the SEC, you might as well win the postgame interview. This yeah. was such an entertaining <laughs> interview and like interesting viewpoints. I mean, he obviously has a strong hatred for candy corn. I don't think candy corn's that bad. I mean, I'll eat it. But then his favorite candy was like, gummy bears and like gummy candy and like these interesting foreign candies like i I got it for you quote gummy bears for sure gotta be the haribo ones and then the other thing i like is when they used to have sprees in a box outstanding you have to go to the dollar store to find it but i do i've never even heard of sprees like i don't know what that is and like gummy candy is just subpar to a nice chocolate bar in my opinion well, he so, apparently – he did say that if you go chocolate, you can go Almond Joy. That's his preference. No, right? like – no. I, I don't like, like that either. Joys. They're I fine, mean, but like compared to like a Kit Kat or Milky Way or Twix, like – You just named like something three of the worst chocolate bars, Megan. Stop. Those are my three favorites. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Come First on. of all, Reese's Cups are basically flattened Buckeyes and therefore are the best candy. Okay. Okay. You're right. I forgot about those. You're right. Those yes. are good. Yes. And everyone <laughs> – I mean, even if these listeners do not – agree with me. They're probably like, yeah, they are basically Buckeyes. And yes, I do have to like Reese's Cups now. Fair. That is fair. (laughs) Um, I feel like uh, we have to end there because where are we going to go after talking about candy corn? I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's a better way to wrap up the show than with a little candy talk with, of course, Mike Leach involved. So it doesn't get much better than that. It doesn't, but I do think we have some pretty great shout-outs this week. Uh, Megan, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so I'm not sure if you saw the video of Tom Brady giving his hat, again, not a Tom Brady fan, but this was cool, to a kid. He was holding up a sign, and he had cancer, and he said that Brady helped him get through his cancer. And so Brady gave him his hat, and he just broke down in tears. And it was the sweetest thing that I saw all weekend. I mean... It was very heartwarming. I loved it. I'm really happy that he got to experience that special moment. So a little shout out to Tom Brady on that one. Not something I thought I would say. I love that so much. That's so heartwarming. Yes. (laughs) My shout out is a little less heartwarming, but in the spirit of spooky season, I'm going to shout out my two best girlfriends, Katie and Haley, because I know you're watching Hocus Pocus as much as I am. Hey, I love that. I mean, this is terrible, but I haven't watched a single Halloween movie yet this year, but I think right after this podcast, my friends and I are going to. So Girl, definitely got to get spooky. in the mood for spooky, spooky week. I've got, got time. I've got time. I mean, not that much. One every night. I mean, that'll get me prepped, won't it? I hope. I don't know. You might want to have like a morning movie sesh as well. But anyway, I fully trust you to figure out your your Halloween movie sequence.
Now that's all we have for today. Uh, as a reminder, you can follow Megan at Megan Hustline, me at Meredith Hine, and the site at LandGrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl. And as always, go Bucks.